Good day to everyone who is tuning in tonight. My name is Luke Habercorn, but my friends call me Habs. But I think that's because they both forgot my first name, and it's way too late in the relationship to ask. I would know because I call both of them buddy. Anywho, I'm glad you are here, and if you have 10 minutes to kill, I'm going to revisit the soundtrack of my youth. I say soundtrack because I was going to do a set on songs that motivated me, bands that inspired me, and music that gave me the courage to dare to be great. And after digging through the recesses of my mind, it turns out I can only remember what song was on the radio when I got pulled over, or had my first beer, or first kiss for that matter. That's one of the greatest things about music, how it stays with us, acting as subliminal bookmarks to our past, forcing us to recall horrific crossroads, glorious triumphs, and awkward firsts with friends that we had to swear to secrecy. So when these bookmark songs come on, we enjoy them just a little bit more than the people around us. But we dare not explain, because if you weren't there, you probably don't care. Like looking at a bunch of photographs of strangers from your friend's vacation. I am, however, going to try and explain some of my bookmarks to you. Like the tape my friends and I made on the high school football bus. It was just a uh, tape of... Mixed. It was a mixtape. It was a mixtape. There you go. I said it. And prominently featured on that mixtape was Marilyn Manson. Try and picture a bunch of jocks jumping around on the bus trying to pump themselves up to a song from a crazed, self-titled antichrist that we would have avoided at all costs had we seen him coming down the street, covered in makeup, with two different colored eyes, probably wearing a dress and high heels, when the truth of the matter is he could have dismantled nearly anyone in a debate. Somehow got us to sing along to songs that were most likely making fun of us. At first, I just liked his music, and I did my best to avoid the over-the-top circus act that he surrounded himself with. But as more of his songs made it onto my playlist, I unwillingly learned more about the man behind the makeup. countless interviews, he comes off as a extremely smart, well-spoken person with valid views on extremely controversial topics, and he backs it up with logical answers that are hard to argue with, and he normally does this while under attack for his music or his look or his character. I have often thought this whole crazy show was just a way to get people's attention so that they would look at him and then he could voice his opinion and share his beliefs. So I went to one of his shows in Austin, Texas. Where I realized that even smart people can have a screw loose too. Off the football field, the music was far more relaxed. My friends and I went to a lot of Dave Matthews band shows. It had a lot to do with the girls wanting to go to the Dave Matthews Band shows, but I enjoyed them. 
found them amazing. They would take our favorite songs and turn them into 20-minute long jam sessions, breaking off into solo performances that proved everyone on stage was at the top of their game. Leroy Moore was the saxophonist, and he often arranged the music for the songs written by Dave, which is why the placement of the saxophone was so spot on. Especially in songs that he co-wrote, like Too Much and Stay. I always wondered how they signaled each other for the next transition, or how they knew when it was time to move on. I later found out when the drummer, Carter Buford, starts blowing bubbles with his gum, it means he's exhausted, and it's time to close out the song. of themes to the writing, a lot of wordplay and double meaning in the lyrics. It always comes back to three things, love, sex, and drugs. When he was asked the meaning of one of his songs, he said, not the same thing. When he was asked to expand, he said, when I wrote it, it meant a lot to me. It was very therapeutic for me. But then I gave it to you. I gave it to everyone. So what does it mean for you? Because it's probably not the same thing for me. I'm going to stop real quick to tell you guys about Anchor. I have always wanted to do a podcast. And thanks to Anchor FM, anyone can tell everyone about this, that, and everything in between. Anchor FM has made it so easy you can record and edit right from your phone. You can distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free app or go to anchor.fm. M to get started. I liked a few songs from Pink Floyd, some from The Wall and some from The Dark Side of the Moon. But I was only taking them in one at a time. After I picked up The Wall and listened to it in its entirety, I was upset. I was upset no one had brought this to my attention earlier. It didn't take us long to get our hands on the movie, which became a rite of passage. And if you hadn't seen it, someone was always willing to lend it to you like a baton. Someone gave you an erase that you would someday have to pass on. We even lined up the dark side of the moon to the Wizard of Oz. Rumor is, after the third roar from the lion and the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer logo, hit play on the album, and the movie syncs up perfectly from the beginning to end. If that's not the case, it's one hell of a coincidence.
Pink Floyd has an odd history, with feuding members over which direction to take the band. Roger Waters says he won that battle. And there was copious amounts of drug use, causing them to miss deadlines. Roger said the song, Wish You Were Here, was not only about losing Sid Barrett, one of the founding members, who had to leave the band due to mental illness, some think brought on by excessive drug use, but also because at that point, none of them really showed up to work. We were there, but not really. How I wish, how I wish you were here. Despite all their issues, their music is iconic. Dark Side of the Moon went up on the Billboard best-selling charts one day, and it didn't come down. Okay, well, it did come down after a while. But not for a very long time, and it holds the record by far. And it still charts today. It has been on the list 917 times. Second place is Frank Sinatra, who has made the list 82 times. Gonna close this out and let you know that Tool is my all-time favorite band. Whenever I hear them, I want to punch a stranger in the face. But in the best way possible. See you next week.